0: the gift of prayer we thank you that we can come to you uh, straight into your presence like this we, we thank you for that great privilege and we just pray that you will challenge us inspire us as we hear from your word as we think through issues of prayer and our relationship with you so just pray for becky i pray that you will anoint her with the power of your holy spirit help her to speak clearly to speak to our hearts through your spirit we just pray that you'll give us ears that are open, ready to hear and receive your word. Amen. Amen. There are many words in church circles which might confuse people. Which part of the church building is the chancel, perhaps? the official word for the cloth with which a chalice the cup that we use for communion is wiped with and I had no idea whatsoever that what that was called before college before theological college as far as I was concerned it was a thing you wipe the chalice with but um, in case anybody's interested it's called a purificator things you never needed to know there are other parts of that setup that you get in many a church that I still don't trouble myself with knowing what those words are. Liturgy. It's what we say and do in church. It's nothing scary. There are a whole host of words that we use in church circles that we possibly engage with, possibly we just do them. And then there are words like prayer it's so simple and so difficult all at once most people whether we're sat in here or whether we're outside have heard of prayer but I reckon if you ask 10 people outside the church what they thought prayer was you might get 10 different answers I decided to do some googling as I'm inclined to do when I want to sort of know a definition of something don't judge me these come from wikipedia and oxford languages but wikipedia says prayer is an invocation or act that seeks to activate a rapport with an object of worship through deliberate communication in the narrow sense the term refers to an act of supplication or intercession directed towards a deity or a deified ancestor Hmm. okay we can get our heads around that oxford languages says a solemn request for help or expression of thanks addressed to god or another deity yeah that makes a bit more sense perhaps or a religious service especially a regular one which people gather in order to pray together or an earnest hope or wish that's a bit more fluffy isn't it prayer what do we think it is what would we call it what would we describe it as it's also one of those words that I think can impart dread. How many times have you been asked, oh, have you prayed about that if there's something going on? Or what's your prayer life like? Have you prayed enough? Well, we're talking about prayer tonight, but am I going to be asking those questions or flinging any form of accusations or expectations around? No. Because whether you've got a bit of it's not actually a bit of a fairy liquid bottle. It doesn't work anymore. They're see-through. But whether you've got a piece of plastic around your neck or not, prayer isn't necessarily straightforward. And yet, it can be. Because it's communicating with our loving, heavenly Father. It's important. Because it's about building relationships. Communicating and spending time with God. Jesus did it when he was on earth, fully human and fully God, and yet he still prayed. And so if Jesus needed to take time out to pray, we definitely need to as well. Going back to if anybody has ever been asked, have you prayed enough? I'm not really sure anybody can ever pray enough because in theory we could spend 24-7 in communion with our Father God and we can but if we're going to be any use on this earthly kind of life as well we can't spend all of that time one-to-one in prayer doing nothing else and not being able to function. It's both and. So we're going to use these, um, this passage from Luke to look at prayer in a bit more detail. And we're going to go through the passage. And I've got five headings that we're going to look at fairly briefly. Watch and learn. Then we have the example and the template given to us by the Lord's Prayer. Persistence. Asking, seeking and knocking. And good gifts when jesus responds to the question of whether he'll teach his disciples to pray he says when you pray not if you pray if you can be bothered if you if you feel like it if you've got enough energy and all of those are valid reasons why i think we sometimes don't don't do it but when you pray there was an expectation that the disciples would be praying. But I love the way that we get to that teaching on prayer, how we end up in that place. Jesus is praying and his disciples seem to be watching. They're with him, but they're not fully involved at that point, And they ask for his help in learning how to pray. Jesus, would you teach us how to be pray, to pray? They're asking for that help because prayer can be taught. It can be caught. You can be in an atmosphere of prayer where you learn from one another. What somebody teaches, it, the hope is that somebody else learns. We've got at least two ex-teachers in the congregation, and I'm assuming that that was their aim for lessons. If they walked into school with the expectation that they were neither going to teach any children anything and the children weren't going to learn anything, I'm pretty sure they would have packed their bags and scarped way before. If somebody is teaching something, somebody else is learning. And if somebody else is learning something, they don't know it already. Kids don't go into school knowing everything that they're going to know aged 11 when they go in at age 4. They're also not just going to kind of absorb it by osmosis, just by going in the building and never speaking or engaging with anyone or anything. If it can be taught, it's not an automatic, innate, absorbed by osmosis without any effort. So it's normal that we expect that we need to learn to pray. And I think it's one of those things that as we go through our Christian journey, as we go through our journey of following Jesus, things look different at different times. It might look like this at this particular point in your life. And actually, then you might get here and think, actually, I'm learning more about how I connect with God, how I communicate with God. A two-year-old doesn't communicate with their loved ones in the same way that they do well you hope they don't age 20 and aged 40 because we develop and we grow and we learn in different ways of communicating and as we learn things we also have to practice them I suspect many of you have learned musical instruments as at least a handful of people I know again who have definitely learned musical instruments over the years and I'm very guilty of this, that I had a habit of going to lessons and then perhaps not doing as much practice in between as I should have done. But that's not how you get good at an instrument or anything else for that matter. Practice makes perfect, so it says, or at least it helps us get there. So Jesus teaches the disciples how to pray. The Lord's Prayer, that example, that template that Jesus gave the disciples, but also we have been given to. Say this, he's given us a template to almost copy. If you're stuck with where to start with prayer, the Lord's Prayer is a good place to start because you don't have to think outside the box, you don't have to make anything complicated. Jesus gives us the words. And there's a few things that we glean from this. Father, Jesus is putting the relationship out there that those who are praying this prayer are talking to their heavenly Father. May your name be honoured. The name of God is important. His name is to be honoured and our actions and the way we go about life is to reflect that. Your kingdom come. We could do a whole sermon series on that. Don't worry, I'm not going to try and fit it in just now. But we want to be part, if we're following Jesus, we are called to be part of God's kingdom. We're called to be part of encouraging God's kingdom to grow and to spread. It's up there with what we are asked and told to pray. Those things that we have about who God is, His character. And only then afterwards do we get to the asking for what we need. Give us our daily bread. It's not a once for all, give me what I need for the rest of my life so that I never need to have any contact with You whatsoever again, Father God. That's not what we're being told. It's not the example we're being given. Because that's not how relationship works. Give us our daily bread. It's not cream cakes. It's not chocolate eclairs. It's not chocolate gâteau. It might not be what we necessarily want. It might not be the yummiest food on the table. But it's nourishment. Give us what we need, God. And forgive us when we've done wrong. Because we do, we're human. And we need to get right with God so that we can draw close to him once again. And again, that third asking, and the three things to do with God's character. And then three things to do with us that don't put us to the test. We're drawing close to God. And then the passage continues with some more examples about prayer and how to approach it. Number three, persistence. I don't know about you, but when I read this passage about somebody needing to wake up their friend in the middle of the night to ask for bread, and they're told that they will not get it because of the friendship. They'll get it because basically if they shout loud enough and they badger long enough, they'll get a response. That, to me, puts it in the hard picture category when we think about God. And I don't have any trite answers for where we go with it, but we are told to be persistent in our prayer life. The picture, it makes sense in that culture, because the family would have been lying side by side, and so if you get the father up, you get the whole family up, and... I suspect most people with children in the congregation know that once the family is asleep, you don't want to wake them up before they need to be awake. At the moment, we're dog-sitting, and the number of times she's very old, this dog. She's also very lovely. But the number of times we've been up in the middle of the night to let her out or kind of settle her down, nobody really wants to be up in the middle of the night. But... You do do what you need to do, whether it's for a child, whether it's for a dog, whether it's for your neighbour, because the culture requests that actually hospitality is super important. There was a law of hospitality that actually if food and shelter was needed, there was an obligation to provide. If the roles were reversed, the same outcome would happen. And so Jesus is speaking into that culture. He knew about these laws of hospitality and he knew the outcome was secure. So while it can seem like quite a strange picture to us, to the people who were first hearing it, it made perhaps even more sense than it makes to us as we pick it apart. Tom Wright, a biblical scholar, says, yet the friend outside has a real problem and the sleeping friend can and will help him. And so we look at it through that lens and it makes sense that if we are the ones asking and God is responding, knowing that the outcome is secure, that the friend can and will help, God can and will answer prayer. And Tom Wright continues and talks about holy boldness. About not giving up in prayer life. And that talks and flows into the idea of asking and seeking and knocking. But first come with me back to um, the Theological College in Cardiff, St. Mike's as it was, the chapel. And an ex-primary school teacher who's sitting here talks about, not Mark, Alan, um, talks about bossy verbs. Well, I've been to university, but one of my claims to fame was I managed to get through without sort of knowing basic English grammar. Blame the schooling system. It's fine. I can. I can... Manage. Mark's now looking at me as if he's going to try and teach. Don't, please don't. <laughs> Alan's tried. I'm happy as I have. <laughs> but these bossy verbs, Alan was talking about imperatives, the do this, do that. None of the kind of, oh, please would you do this if you're feeling particularly nice today. And that actually scripture calls us and encourages us to address God in this way. We are called to use bossy verbs, which it doesn't sit right, necessarily, does it? God, the creator of the universe, kind of, in everything, kind of, on a worldly level, we could, and we should, in a way, be coming cap in hand to God. Please would you do this if you're feeling nice, because actually I'm a mere sort of worm. But that's not where we're at, because jesus because of jesus and because we have been made right with god because of jesus but it's more than just kind of having that leveling off we are encouraged to present our request to god in this god do this god do that we've got so many examples of it in the psalms we're not called to tiptoe around And sort of pray to God of the, if you're feeling particularly nice today, God, and actually I've done the right things. And might you please perhaps consider listening to my prayer if you can be bothered. That's not how this works. We're talking to our loving Father God. And so the passage tells us to ask, to seek, and to knock. It's this holy boldness that Tom Wright talks about to keep asking because prayers are answered in God's time not in ours it's hard I suspect each one of us has had something that they could probably name where actually either you're still waiting or the timing wasn't as you would have wanted but prayers are answered in God's time because God is God and he is so much bigger but we are called to be active in our prayer life. To not just sit on our backsides and wait for God to sort of drop things into our laps. That's not the relationship that we're called to have. Yes, God knows what we need. Yes, we are called to pray. It's both of them. When I was at St. Michael's College, I, um, in my first year, I did an assignment on the power I think it was called the power of prayer and providence i think in all my four years of five or six if you think by the time i finished my master's academic study it was probably the assignment that messed with my head the most and it talked about the role of prayer it also kind of skirted around those things that actually if we really think hard about prayer we start to think kind of ooh. Can we change God's mind? Ooh, yes, this is not overly comfortable, is it? Or does prayer change us? What is the point of prayer? And it was one of those things that I think we can go round and round and round about. But if the point of prayer is to build relationship, then in some ways it doesn't actually matter which of those things it's connecting with because if it's drawing us closer to God it's making us more in tune with God's heart for us and for our situation and for our communities and for the world that our heart is changing the things that we're praying for are going to be more in line with what God wants for us and then it makes a bit more sense Because we're not talking about asking for a Ferrari and then a new car arriving on our drive. I think I'd be fairly safe to say that if that's where we're at, it's not going to happen. But if we're asking for the things that God is putting on our hearts, because we're yearning for him and we're more engaged with where he is at, because we're drawing closer to him through prayer then we're told that if you ask, you will receive. If you seek, if you're looking for things, you will find them. If we're listening to God, if we're looking to him in that way, surprise, surprise, we're much more likely to actually hear him than if we go around thinking, oh, God doesn't speak to me, oh, I don't know what he's saying but almost like this. Because if you've got metaphorical fingers in your ears, you don't hear anybody whether they're shouting at you or kind of, you might get the picture if they sort of stopped and threw something at you to really get your attention. Ask, seek and knock. If we're knocking on the door to get to God, we can be assured that it's going to be opened to us. And the final point about good gifts. Scorpions and snakes. Yeah, really not feeling that. God knows what we need. It's not always what we want. But we are promised good gifts at the right time. A child might want to run across the road because there's something exciting on the other side. But if there's a car coming... Or even if there isn't, if it's a road, you don't want that child to start getting used to running across the road. A loving parent steps in and keeps them safe from harm and teaches them about the safety. God gives us good gifts. God looks out for us. So much more and so much more loving than the best human parent could ever be. So if we're asking for a fish, for something to eat, assuming you're not allergic to fish, because if so, that might not be very nice, we're not going to be given something nasty. It's not what a good parent does. We have the gift of the Holy Spirit to help us, to draw us closer to God, to be more in step with him. So how to pray, learning continually, but not on our own. So the Lord's Prayer is a good start if you're stuck. Praying through the Psalms are a good idea. And asking the Holy Spirit for help. There are huge numbers of ways in which different people connect with God in prayer. None of us communicate exactly like another person as we talk. And so none of us are going to communicate exactly like another person in our prayer life. But if it works and it's a real conversation, if it's bringing you and God closer, different styles of prayer and different preferences are not the important thing. The important thing is that we communicate with Jesus. So whether that's quietly or in groups, Out loud, walking, being still, being creative, having silence, or any other way, it doesn't matter. The goal is to draw closer to God. If Jesus prayed, God, in human form on earth, how much more do we need to? Pray as we can, not as we can't. The lyrics of God I look to you really stood out to me earlier. And I think it works, thinking about our prayer life. So I'm just going to read those as a prayer as I finish. God we look to you. When we're thinking about prayer, we don't need to be overwhelmed because you give us vision to see things like you do so we look to you asking that you would help us to communicate deeper and better with you you give us wisdom and you would show us what to do to draw closer to you each and every day amen